Don't worry, everybody. The new episode is coming right up. But first, I want to remind you there are three quick ways that you can support the Fat Guy Forum and help the show keep going. First, make sure that you have rated and reviewed the show on whatever pod service you're using, whether that is Apple, Spotify, or whatever it is. Make sure you're doing that. Two, you can join the Patreon for a few dollars a month. You get access to the after show. You help keep things going because this show does have costs. And you're able to be a part of the Fat Guy Forum community that I would love to see grow, get your input on what you want to see going on with the show, and more. And the third and final way, if you can't join the Patreon, but you're buying products for yourself that I'm an affiliate for, like Redmond Real Salt and Kettle and Fire Bone Broth, there are links and codes in the show notes where you will save money when you use them, and I get a little bit to help things going here. So, please... Pick at least one of those ways to support the show if you enjoy listening to it on a regular basis, and know that I appreciate whatever you choose to do. And now let's get on with the episode. Hey there, everybody! Welcome to the next episode of the Fat Guy Forum. This is your host Gourmet, and I am—you know—I always tell you I'm happy, but I am—I'm actually very excited for today's podcast because this is someone who I have been connected with for a long, long time, and have always been like. You know, I should get him on the show. We should talk. And, you know, it just the universe never aligned us and, until this moment. So I am excited to finally have Russell Pierce on the show. Russell, how are you doing today, man? I'm really good, dude. It, it is it is sincerely an uh, honor and a pleasure to be here with you today. Well, I am excited, man. Like like I said, I I also feel like I don't want to be like it's one of those things where, where I'm, I'm talking to someone whose story I've been following I want to make sure that I don't miss out on any of the details because I assume that everyone knows them. So we're going to start where we always start here on the show, man. And that's with that first question. Tell us, Russell, what qualifies you to be on the Fat Guy Forum? Okay. Well, I'm fat. Mm. <laughs> no, no, no. Well, there we go. One box is checked. There we go. <laughs> I'm fat. I've been fat <laughs> for a long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, a little less fat than I was a few years ago, though. So that's kind of good. Uh, you know, I... I care about this stuff, man. Maybe I'm a little bit uh, over emotional. You know, we've had many a DMs with each other, and, and I, I can I can run on the emotional side here here and there. Uh, I I I think it, I think a lot of fat people are really suffering right now, and a lot of fat people feel sort of entrapped in like their own spiral of bad behaviors. And I don't think the world really knows what to do with that. I think the world is misinterpreting what's going on and I think a lot of the world thinks if we just sort of you know push these guys up against the wall and tell them to stop being fat and eat less maybe that would help you know and and th- I don't think that's the answer I I'm shocked when I see these uh healthcare professionals that specialize in training people and helping them lose weight and and, and hit, hit their fitness goals that they seem to just that that's I, I I think it really plays to an audience, but I don't think it plays to the audience that needs to hear it. I think it plays to the audience that is like, yeah, those fatties need to do better. Oh, yeah. But, yeah. I, I don't think it helps. I don't really think it helps a lot of fat people actually improve their behaviors because, at least in my experience, and I guess, I guess that's probably my own shortcoming in some degree degree too. I just sort of look at the world through my own experience, but I've always carried since I was a, a young, young child, I've always carried a lot of shame about my obesity. And, and I just frankly don't, I don't benefit when other people pile it on and just, you know, sort of rub my nose on my own shortcomings. So I, I, I'm, I'm trying to be someone that can sort of be an advocate to say, Hey, listen, you know, not, not all fat people are, uh, 
are are lazy and not and not and not all lazy people are fat. You know, there's you know there is a we're a diverse spectrum of people. I know a lot of fat people that are very 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 driven, very hardworking, very smart, and very capable in life. But yet in this one area of their life, they just don't know how to pull it together yet. And and I want to. Um, you know, I'm probably completely unqualified for any of it, but I, I want to do my small part in helping shed the light on that and, and helping find solutions for people that are trying to get their health and fitness going. Well, I, I, and I think part of doing that is the reason why I, I, I have you on the show today. And that's, you know, the purpose of this podcast is to share the journeys of individuals so people can hear the real stories and understand, you know, and start to bridge some of that understanding. And so that kind of brings me back to you as a person, like, you talked about, you know, growing up fat, like, where did, it, where did it really start for you? And when did you first start to become conscious of your weight? Okay, so I, I can recognize I, I became really, really, really chubby and fat in kindergarten. That's like the pictures. I was not a, I wasn't a fat baby. And I wasn't a fat toddler. But somewhere by kindergarten, I was I those kindergarten school pictures, man. I was I was a marshmallow. <laughs> I was a marshmallow. Uh, I where it started with me. I I don't know exactly where it started with me, but I really think I suffered from a lot of uh, misplaced abandonment issues, and I and I started eating my feelings really young in life. So um, the first the first memory I have of binging. I've told the story enough times now where it doesn't like ping the tears out of the mm -hmm. corner of my eyes anymore. You know what I mean? Like oh, yeah. at one point I couldn't get through the story, but I, I think I can kind of get through the story now and it doesn't seem to uh, hit like it used to. But uh, I was raised by my, uh, my paternal grandmother, right? Mm -hmm. So my dad's mom and her new step husband, who was a gem of a guy, apparently uh, from what I hear, biological granddad, really, really horrible man, step granddad really really nice guy he raised me along with my grandmother uh, my dad and mom just weren't able to be there and uh but my dad would he would do his best you know he would do his best and he would try to get his visits in every few years when he was more functional in society and i remember one time he had me for a visit over in his house and you know i'm i'm probably five or maybe four you know i'm, I'm young i'm young young and uh i still remember sitting in his living room and and him and his friends were outside in the backyard, you know, doing whatever they were doing, probably, you know, probably getting high or something like that, you know, and, and, and I'm not, I'm not super puritarian about that. I really don't care if people do or don't get high, if they're functioning adults and safe at home and stuff like that. But he had his kid who he hadn't seen and in in a long time and he was probably really nervous and and didn't know how to deal with the emotion and and frankly neither did i so they're they're in the backyard getting high and i'm in the living room sort of waiting on them and i had i had noticed that they bought a bucket of uh, kfc that day for everyone to share for for lunch or dinner it was daytime i don't remember what time of day and i went into the kitchen and i destroyed that entire bucket of kfc um, out of some sense of trying to cope the feelings I was dealing with at the time. And I was just, a, I was a kid, man. I was, I, again, I was young, young, young. And I remember, I remember getting through about two thirds of that bucket of KFC and hadn't quite eaten all the pain away yet. And I, it was this weird, I had to finish what I started. And I just remember eating, I, I ate the whole bucket 
while they were in the backyard and then they came inside and I don't, I don't really remember the response, but I do remember it, it wasn't good. <laughs> it wasn't good. So yeah, that's kind of my first memory of like not having a healthy relationship yeah. with food. Which is, you know, and while not every person out there listening is, is going to have a memory of, of KFC at five, you know, I think about my own experiences and I know the experiences of other people out there that especially when you develop that emotional relationship with food, it does usually come young and it's because it works, you know, that's the horrible part in all of this. Like, you know, that I, I wish, you know, the, the gurus would understand, you know, the, the people that I I see saying, you know, follow, you know, talk to me and I'm going to teach you how to, you know, eat all, all your favorite pizza and lose weight. Like, okay. But do you understand my relationship with that food and how it's been forged over these decades? And, but the idea that that food hits that spot in us emotionally hits our brains, you know, is a pathway that I think is is powerfully forged when we're young, and then continues to grow. No, you know, no pun intended. Like, it's. I think it's. What's what? How am I trying to phrase this? Like, I think it's more likely than not that that people can have similar stories, and they may not pinpoint it to the exact moment but can have similar experiences in terms of development. Like I think there's developmental pathways there that probably either haven't been identified or just haven't been well studied in terms of like identifying where the behavior comes from. But for you, you you have that stark memory and the impact that it had on you. Where did, you know, were you, do you, are you conscious of also, you know, since you're remembering five, I'm going to assume you have some memory of the first time that, it was either put to you or you made the decision, you know, to go on a diet. Yeah. I, I, I know there was a, I remember there used to be like some banter between my grandmother and grandfather and, and they're, you know, they identified to me really young. I had, I had food issues. I, I was, I was an overeater habitually and, you know, grandpa would, be astonished at these plates that grandma would serve me and grandma was like yeah but i'm trying not to i'm trying to teach him he doesn't need seconds i'm trying to get it all done and in one in one sitting or in one serving just trying to like figure out help me navigate what you know what does it look like to have a healthy serving of a big bowl of spaghetti or a big plate of spaghetti i i remember (laughs) i i think i was in like the fourth grade and i uh uh still quite the chub chubby kid a cute little chubby kid though a garmy i i must tell you uh but i remember watching disney channel in the morning and they had like this lady that would like disney aerobics oh yeah with I remember kids. That. Mm-hmm. do you remember that mm-hmm. i i remember being inspired to like take a walk around my neighborhood because I knew I was a fat kid. Every kid in my neighborhood was, this was before like the uh, epidemic of obesity right. like it is now. I was I was rare to be a fat kid growing up. It, all the other kids were, were you know, little toothpicks and, and, and I knew I was different. I knew that I, I knew I, I carried a lot more weight than everybody else. I knew I knew I looked different than everybody else and I was, uh, I, I, you know, I think I probably only did it one morning. I think my feedback from my grandpa was I was walking too slow to do any good, but but I, I took a couple of walks around the neighborhood, and he was well intended. I will tell you that. Um, I took a couple walks around the neighborhood to uh, to try to burn some extra calories, and that was sort of I, the earliest memory I have of me personally trying to address my weight. Understood. And did it progress from there? Like, what is what is your what are your memories of like coming up through school? You know, dealing with these issues. 
again, I was I was kind of a shy, awkward kid, and and always one of the chubbier kids. I I did deal with a little bit of bulimia as a as a young person. Um, it was, you know, I felt like all the other kids were the cool kids, and I, I didn't quite know how to fit in, which I still suffer from that same thing now. Uh, yeah, I mean, I I got a little teasing here and there. Uh, most of the years it weren't bad. There's a there's a couple of uh, there's a couple of really like strong memories I have of being like you know being teased for being fat. You know, with that Stand by Me movie, right? The mm -hmm. Boom Chagalaga. I got I definitely remember some turd of a kid uh, give me the Boom Chagalaga going up and down the the bus one day. Mm. <laughs> you know. Uh, I, you know, I was like, I, I wish I could find him now and go, do you realize how hurtful that was? Mm -hmm. I mean, I know, I know you got laughs, but it, man, that it really was, it, it was at my expense on that one. So, mm -hmm. uh, um, but I will say in middle school or junior high, whatever it is that they call it these days, I did, uh, like enroll in like pop football started playing football and by the end of the season of practicing 40 40 minutes a day you know i started getting a little fitter i started being able to move a little bit more i started i started identifying well i'm a bigger kid but after i played a couple years of football i was the kid that all the other kids in the neighborhood they would jump on my shoulders to try to tackle me and i would try to carry as many kids on my back as i could and and i started finding some identity and like being the big guy that felt really like indestructible i wasn't like this superior athlete or anything like that but i was i felt like i was twice the size of all my you know all my buddies in the neighborhood and and i you know i i wasn't as fast as them but i was fast enough to try to keep up and i could still ride my i could still live a normal kid life i could ride my bmx i could play hide and go seek with the friends you know so i I, it, I started forming some identity and like being the big guy for for whatever that means and I, I sort of felt like I couldn't stop myself from being the big eater I didn't have the skills at the time to be to not be a big eater I almost at some point leaned into it being a big eater and and took some sort of comfort in like being being the big guy I, I wasn't necessarily tough but I was I was big and and I guess that meant something for me yeah you know? no I, I I completely get that and when, as things progress for you, you know, kind of taking on that identity, but, but, you know, also, like you said, you were active, you were living your life, like, was, did dieting ever come back around? Was it, was it something that ever popped into your head? Was it something, you know, even as you get older, like, when do you, when do you really identify that at first you know, became something that was like really conscious on your part, aside from what you you had talked about before. Uh, probably like when I started liking girls. Mm -hmm. You know, like all I I wasn't one of the cute boys because I was fat. You know, that was uh, so dieting started. You know, it started popping in my head. Left, you know, off and on, really young. I mean, it it you know it it Garmiet was never not in my head. It was it was always there. It was always in my head. I I I I was aware of it every time like I was starting to outgrow my pants and I'm sitting there doing like I'm doing like uh 80s Valley Girl movie, you know, body squats in my jeans trying to stretch them out so I can get the button on and and you know cuz you know the parents didn't, you know, they didn't they didn't want to uh buy new clothes. So I and I would just outgrow everything eventually. So uh you know, I, I, it's almost like 
what decade, man? Every every it, it wasn't necessarily every year, but just just a tide. All the tide made sometimes the tide was out, but it would always come back in. Where I, I was trying to do something about my weight, and I was trying to you know find the newest diet. I joined the army. I got a little skinny in the army, uh, but even the immediately as I start getting out of a basic training, right? You because you, you're just marching. In basic training, you're just marching all day long, and also I I I. I was barely not too fat going into basic training. So I was, you know, I was trying to, you know, lean out a little bit and, and I did lean out. I leaned out quite a bit by the end of basic training in the army. But the soon as they put me on my own, on my own um, path, you know, to have a, they give you a little food stipend every month on your paycheck. And uh, I, I, I immediately just same bad habits, eating a lot of processed food, a lot of drive through, a lot of. Uh, a lot of carbs and not a lot of proteins and 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 the slowly the weight just started going back on mm. and where because one of the things that i always find you know interesting with with each guest is as that's as that's happening where is your head at in that like are you conscious are you not conscious like Totally Does that conscious. Question make sense? Does that make totally sense? Totally conscious, but when it came time to sit down and eat, I just really struggled. I really struggled to just, you know, again, because I, I don't think, like, I know, you know, Gourmet Goes Keto, I know you found keto is a really strong resource for you to lose weight. I, I, I have sort of adopted the philosophy that if you don't, I think it's like Ted Nealman's principle of protein leveraging, where you if you don't get enough protein, you know, your body needs to uh, repair itself and it repairs itself with protein, right? It kind of drives your hormonal system with your fats and then all the extra energy that you may or not need, you're right, you get from your carbs. That's sort of like how I understand it, my most simplest understanding of it. And I think I shorted my protein a lot. Protein was, uh, was harder to deal with. I could just, I could just get a big, big bowl of spaghetti and some spaghetti sauce it was super cheap it was super easy to make and 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 i would probably eat three times as much as i was supposed to eat and i and i i knew i wasn't supposed to yet i didn't know how to stop yeah i i mean it and that just went on and on and on i mean it it you know it's 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 it it was a i was a broken record for a long 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 time i i hadn't I hadn't found, I, I, I would exercise here and there. I would find a gym here and there. I would try to go just smash myself on the elliptical because I was, I, you know, by the time I'm in my mid twenties and late twenties, I'm, I'm too, I'm kind of too big and too, too out of shape to really go for a jog, but I, I still could tap into that same energy I had as a, as a kid and get on an elliptical that, and just go as hard as I could. And, and then even then, eventually, kind of like near the time I started meeting you, I still started getting so heavy. I'm, I'm like 320 pounds at this point. I'm, I'm almost 30. And, uh, or I guess, yeah. And, and my, my joints just could not keep up with, with the physical demand I would try to put on it to exercise at that size. And I would still eat really big. And then, and then my weight really just started shooting up even further from there. I mean, it, it, it shot up to over 400 pounds by the time I was 30, um, or probably about 35 or 36. And, and, and I, and I'm, 
besides myself not knowing what to do, finding a way, some way to accept it because I didn't know what to do and I still had to find room to love myself. And, and, and I, uh, man, I was, I was lost. I was lost, Mike. I, I, I was really, really, really stuck. Well, and I, I think one of the things that you, 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 you bring up in all of that, that I, I think is often overlooked for people is not, you know, not just behavior around food and behavioral response to food, but the food you were eating having an impact on behavior and vice versa and the intricacy, you know, the interwovenness of that. Whereas I think sometimes you see people either want to blame a certain ingredient, you know, I, I'm in the, I'm in the keto space enough to know that there are people that will say that carbs are the devil that killed us all. Um, or it's, all comes down to you you don't make the right choices and if you just made the right choices it wouldn't matter what you were eating and yes. not really that there's, yes a, there's, yes. there's a huge space between <laughs> yeah there is yeah, a you're huge right you're right space you're right. between you know there's a you know and i'm one of the you know per, you know i'm one of the keto voices that is like no i don't i don't blame a macronutrient for all of my issues i look at what i've done with macronutrients as helping me get through the issues that i had you know and work on those things and it's it's amazing to me too because that is you know like i said there's the two extremes of that spectrum there's the it's all physical or it's all mental and really especially when the issues start young the physical and the mental are intertwined in ways that i'm not even 100% sure it can be completely unwound eventually and may just need to be dealt with as they've developed like i if if it was simple there would be one answer for everyone and there isn't we know that you know that you know it from all of the, you know, the, the twists and turns that your journey has taken, like there's, there isn't one simple answer, but for some reason, there's still that prevailing message out there that there is just one answer, whatever that person thinks that answer is. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're saying it really well. I mean, I think the mental issues are physical and to some degree, right? I mean, it's hormonal, it's neurological pathways and all that. And, and gosh, I mean, people eat less, move more. It seems so, so simple, right? It, it, that's not always easy, though. For some people, it's super easy. For me, uh, eat less, move more was was just simply not easy. And I, it's not that I didn't want to do anything about it. I went to like a church-related 12-step program. I went to OA. I, I tried Weight Watchers. I tried Jenny Craig's. You know, I, I, I really, really made a sincere effort to want to go keto. I've probably lived keto 12 hours of my entire existence would I probably like test keto but I uh I I ate too much man I really I put too many calories in my body I had a real severe habit of drive through binge eating near the end of the night uh I had a for a long time I had a sales job it was much more stress and responsibility than I was capable of dealing with with my food problems and I mean, I don't think there's necessarily one answer at all, but there are probably some universal rules mm -hmm. that help people come closer to what their answer is, you know? Oh, yeah. And what, from your perspective, like where have you, now I feel like I'm, I'm, an, I'm an idiot asking the wrong questions. Um, Not at all. I, I can be sometimes. I can be. Um, <laughs> Or I jump ahead of the class before we're ready to get there. But as, you know, all of this, you know, these different attempts you've been through, like, I feel like we we probably could have taken a 20-minute side quest just discussing 
you know, every plan and how that attempt went and what worked and what didn't work and all of those pieces. Like what, as you, as you've come through that, you know, into Russell, you know, and whether it's Russell today or Russell a few years ago or wherever, you know, kind of like where you identify that, that place being like, what are the things that you've learned along the way about yourself in terms of what you need to do for you? Are you uh, in in regards to diet or in regards to can you can you help me yeah. zo zoom in on that a little bit? Well, more? I think yeah, I think diet is a part of it. I think nutritional approach or, or structure is a part of it, but also just what are the things, what are the pieces that you need to, you feel like you need to have in place to move yourself forward? You know, to move yourself forward into a place of seeing you know seeing yourself move forward, see yourself achieving goals, seeing yourself getting to. The place that you want to get to when we and that's why i said i jump ahead of the class we haven't even really talked about that yet but i'm just wondering like in all of our experiences i think a big part of it should be what are the lessons we've taken away and what are the things we learn about ourselves when we try different things like what are, are there some things that you learned about russell you know at on all those different attempts you know trying keto weight watchers and just from your experiences with food in general well, I'll I'll get to the like a more emotional side in, yeah. in a minute, but as far as like just the food functional side, I've really identified I'm just very like dis I am dysfunctional when it comes to food. I I I when my life becomes unmanageable, I I turn to medicating with binge eating at night. You know that is uh, and that can come down to. Uh, and for me to avoid that, I have to have a lot of infrastructure. I have to have a lot of pieces in place. And maybe this is just, it's like, again, like we were saying earlier, it just sounds so simple when you tell it somebody. But I, I have to make sure that I have healthy food at home. I have to make sure that there is not an abundance. I live, I am a, I am a father of two uh, wonderful kids and that are, are both pretty healthy physically and, and, and a beautiful wife. They don't always have the same food goals or parameters that I have. I have to allow the fact that in my house, there's probably going to be grand crackers every now and then, right? In my house, there is this that this delicious uh, sugary cereal that is is of the devil. And, uh, you know, there's and, – and, and my, my kids, my wife and myself are learning that just because it's that – in the house it doesn't mean that it has to be eaten but i will tell you there are some foods in the house that just demand to be eaten and until they're all gone and those foods are the foods that i i try to keep out of the house so i i do have some go no go foods in the house but uh i i've i've learned i have to be really organized i've learned that i can have carbs in my life but i have to readjust what an appropriate amount of carbs are because i did definitely get fat off of carbs i just did you know not to say that everybody will or should but for the amount i was eating for the amount i was moving i got fat off of carbs i don't have any doubt about it in my own personal life so you know like you know here's a really good and when i say carbs i'm really not talking about veggies and fruit i'm talking right about i was like, gonna say it wasn't yeah. You yeah. weren't you weren't sitting down and eating you know a, a dinner table size salad. No, I mean, and I've had so many dinner table size salads in my life, but oh, yeah. those weren't the nights that, <laughs> right. that got me. You know what I mean? So, mm -hmm. uh, I've 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 I, I love a big giant salad every now and then, but the the foods that got me again pasta, um, 
a lot of drive through, a lot of a lot of bread, a lot of pizza. I, I've learned I have to just respect that those foods are dangerous to me and they they don't get where I want to go. And I have to say too, I I do not want to pretend like I have this all figured out. This is I'm still very much a work in progress with all of this stuff. I I can say I'm I'm excited to say that I just recently sort of hit over the 75 pound down mark in my life and in in my fitness journey and that that's taken me a little over two years to do so it's it's not been like one of these quick like i just like rapidly just dropped all the weight you know a lot of people will suggest that you can lose as much as one percent of your body weight uh, a week or something like that i don't know if that translate all the way up to people my size or not but I, I haven't been losing it that much at all i think in fact if anything i've averaged probably like three-fourths of a pound a week over the course of the last two years but during that time i've i've gotten where i can you know when when COVID happened i i didn't i knew i was still in trouble with my weight i knew that I was really afraid of COVID when it first hit. I just, I, I know that its final outcome and, and, and dangerousness of it at the end is still up for debate. But in the beginning, I remember hearing everyone's dying in Italy. That's just what I remember hearing. And I remember hearing it's going to be this pandemic that's going to really, you know, get the outliers. And I certainly felt like with all my comorbidities, I was in a lot of trouble. And I told myself, hey, man, now or never, you really got to double down and get it done. And what did I do? I gained 75 pounds in a year. And... I, I've, I had never I had never gained that much weight so rapidly before, and I had put myself to the point where just going outside my house, just walking trash to the garbage can had it had become very laborious. And I, and I really think I was at death's door or near death's door with just my obesity and my in, inability to be mobile. You know, I, I, I couldn't walk any distance without um, – without huffing and puffing and and uh you know it i i don't know if i'm doing a good job answering your question yeah, but no, I, you are. I i i had just really i had really backed myself into a corner and what i have learned now is like every day is important you know i ha i have uh my relationship again with food uh, uh i i do allow myself to have carbs i've tried carnivore i've tried keto i i try to have complex carbs like maybe once a day I like I'll have like a cup of rice. That's sort of like usually sometimes I'll have a little bit of bread here and there, but I, I try to have I have some protein shakes in the morning. I try to have some lean meat throughout the day. I'll have some fruit and veggies at night every now and then. I mean, I don't, I don't know. I feel a little I feel like I might not be answering your question. No, uh, I think you I think you are. And I think you set us up for kind of a, a, a curve into the question. So, you know, having backed yourself into that corner. You know where you knew, you know your your mobility was shot. You had put on that weight. What got you out of that corner? Man, I was really I was really blessed. Uh, so, you know, you know, in the same amount of time when I so right around this would be about nine years ago. So we'll say like well maybe a little less, 2015 or so. Um, I was really out there trying to meet people of of my size. No one in my personal life was was large like I was, you know, extra, extra, 5XL large, right? No one my, no one in my neighborhood or no one in my friend circle or coworkers was of my size. And, and they really just didn't know 
what I was going through in many, many different ways. And uh, so I kind of went on a quest. This is kind of like when, you know, Friendster and MySpace and Facebook and all those stuff. I don't know. I'm, I'm not an expert in what social media company was really kicking it back then. But I remember stumbling across Rob G's profile. Rob G, I think he's out of Florida. I might be wrong with that. And he, and he was just this charismatic big dude putting in the work every day making his meals right, exercising, just a charming man. And I, you know, he was, he was, he was like one of my first man crushes, right? I, I reach out, I DM him. I'm saying, you know, I'm just wanting to get to know him. I finally, after a few days, I call him and we're talking on the phone. He's like, oh man, you're like the first guy that's ever reached out to me. It's always like these, you know, fellow fatty moms or something like that. I was like the first dad that reached out to him. And, and I was, I tried forming like, sort of, you know, that's how we ended up meeting each other. We met a lot of other good guys in some of the forums back, back then. And I had noticed that everybody I was connecting with were all basically East Coast located at the time. And I, and I think I told you earlier, I had some severe drive-through addiction issues. I was, I was definitely one of those guys that would go to McDonald's and get the double chicken sandwiches and eat them before I went to Taco Bell and got my, you know, Mexican pizza and nachos bel grande and, 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 and try to pretend like I, I wasn't ordering, I, or if I did double up at one place, I would always try to pretend like I had more people back home that I was bringing the food to and stuff like that. So, of course. Uh, yeah, of course. Of course. So, Who hasn't? Yeah. I can't remember <laughs> so, if they wanted a soda or not. Oh, gosh. What were they drinking? I'm going to have a Diet Coke, but 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 Stacy likes Orange Crush. Let me get an Orange Crush for Stacy. Never get the same soda twice, kids. That's how you get away with it. Um, so um, I and I ended up stumbling across Chris Bell on Instagram. I had seen him on the Joe Rogan podcast talking about a various – uh, different amounts of things, and and he had talked about his buddy Hadi, who mm-hmm. uh, the carnivore chef, oh, as yeah. he's known on his Instagram handles, how he had lost like two hundred pounds uh, on carnivore, and Chris was advocating for carnivore. Him and Mark started the War on Carbs, yeah, and um, but Chris was doing. Chris is a bachelor. He's doing so much of his eating through drive-throughs, and that was so enticing to me, right? Bunless burgers and and flying Dutchman from In and Out, In and Out. So, anyways. I find out that I actually live really close to Hadi, and I, I DM him. I, I've come – Hadi and I are neighbors now, which is kind of an interesting twist mm. of life. Um, That's awesome. But, yeah, it's really cool. But uh, he's also one of the busiest guys I've ever known in my adult existence, and we it took a, took a long time for us to really get time to connect. But he thought – you know, he thought it was really cool that I was reaching out to him and, and – you know, checking in on his, what he did. And, and I, I did with what I always was doing with you. I was just trying to steal your enthusiasm. I was trying, I was trying to be inspired and, and, and grow from it. And, uh, he sort of passed on my message to Chris Bell, right? And Chris Bell ends up DMing me. I probably DM'd him first, but he gets flooded with messages every day. So he probably found my message in his inbox and DM me back and said, Hey, me and my brother Mark are doing like this fitness conference, health conference next weekend at the, at Mark's gym, the super training gym, strongest gym in the West, Sacramento, California, and said, uh, uh, why don't you come down and check it out? So, so I did, and this was probably about three or four years ago, and I should, I should know that. I should know the day. I, I'll, I'll figure it out. Next time we talk, Gormy, I'll know exactly the day. But I went there, and it was a really cool conference. Mark had a lot to say. He brought some people up to talk, and then 
you know, Mark is a man of action. So at the end of the conference, they had set up like 15 different workout stations and they put everybody through a workout. Now, Gourmet, when I tell you, Gourmet, when I say everyone there was fit, I mean, either they were super fit or they were just really, really, really fit. Right. You know what I mean? Right. (laughs) Everybody there was an athlete. Everybody. Everybody but one person. Everybody, but there was there was forty really fit athletes, and then one morbidly obese forty year old, and, and it was that was a rough day. They actually, I at first I thought it was going to be really cool, because they split us up in groups, and some people had groups of three, some people had groups of four. I got buddied up with Hottie, and I thought, oh man, this is going to be insane. This is going to be cool. I get to work out with Hottie. I get to talk with Hottie really more than anything else. No, man. It, first of all, it was summer in, in Sacramento, and it was blistering hot. And Hadi is he had already dropped 200 pounds, and he had been working out for months and months and months. This was a fit guy. He, he would get up. He would do a set in about 20 seconds, and then it was my turn. And we proceeded to do that for, I don't know, 30 or 40 minutes. And I was, I was barbecued, Mike. I was barbecued. I looked like cooked bacon. I look like cooked bacon alone in this giant gym. You've probably seen Mark's gym on, on you know. Oh, yeah. It's a, it's a big facility. I'm, I'm destroyed the entire time. The entire time I'm sweating, trying to keep myself together. And But, you know, Mark had previously said hi to me. He, you know, he was watching. He saw, he saw this really fat, morbidly obese guy fucking put out. He's... He saw me working, and that's uh, yeah. I've always been able. It's not. I don't know how to exercise. I may not be athletic, but I can. I can work hard. I just didn't know how to eat right, and I I I killed myself trying to keep up with them that day, and that sort of. I think that sort of put me in a sweet spot with Mark, and he has formed an affection for me. And we had talked, we started, he starts DMing me here, left, you know, here and there, and we're talking, and gosh, I think that's like around October. Okay, so this must have been shortly before COVID. And then come February, you know, the state mandates, everything's got to close. And we just sort of lost touch i don't know exactly what happened we still sort of argue about what happened we had a disagreement on something i said i'm not gonna do that he heard i'm not gonna do this so he thought i was backing out of like his tuliage or or uh you know assistance and i was saying no you're just i can't quite make that decision at that moment you know when we look back at the DMs, who misunderstood who, who was the one that actually was not understanding the communication right? It doesn't matter. I, I love Mark. Mark loves me. We had a misunderstanding and we, we fell out of communication, right? And, and as COVID hits, this is like right before COVID hits. And then we don't talk for almost a year. And then out of nowhere, he text messages me one day and says, hey, how's it going? And I say, man, I'm in trouble. I'm really in trouble. I need help. And he said, okay, well, then let's go. Let's, let's get you some help. And Mark has been, this is what's going to get me emotional. Mark has been, uh, Mark has been, he's been my angel ever since, man. He's been my angel. He has just been right there with me and has helped me uh, find, 
find my fitness and learn some stuff about myself and uh, sort of uh, untangle some messed up wiring I have in my head and, and get an incredible education in health and stoicism and fitness and, and uh, learn about myself along the way. You know, that, that was kind of the turning point. You know, I, I had, I had, uh, interestingly enough, it, the, the, the numbers, it's such a coincidence. I think in before COVID, the lowest I had weighed was 433. I pushed up to, I'm going to guess like 515. I didn't get on the scale until I was down to 508. And uh, so in the time of COVID starting until, I'm just going to say over and over and over again, so every single platform will shadow ban you. Um, <laughs> so I, and then I, and now, now here we are a couple years later, I guess it's been about 26 months later, I took off that same 75 pounds that I put on. So really, I'm just right back to where I started when, when, when before the pandemic, but I feel a lot clearer in my head and I, I feel a lot more equipped to keep it going. I, I, I don't quite feel so white knuckled through the whole process. Still quite a bit. Uh, me losing desperation has been the catalyst to many of backslides in this uh, whole thing for me, you know, so I'm, I'm trying to find fuel. That's a little different than desperation. I'm trying to find fuel of, of motivation and hope of, of, of a healthier tomorrow of being a grandpa of, of, uh, of, of still doing cool things in my life, of traveling, of being on an airplane again, of maybe being on a roller coaster someday in my life because I can fit in it. You know, I, I'm, I, I have goals, I have dreams that I want to turn into goals and accomplish, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Oh, and at first, we, you know, there's a couple things in there I want to jump into, but first, motivation through desperation, I think, can be, is a really powerful thing, especially for guys that are as big as you were, as big as I was. And I know for me, like, that was a driving fire. That whole idea that I was terrified that I was going to die is the thing that carried me for, like, the first year and a half. And then... I realized that I wasn't going to die immediately anymore. And so then what's going to drive me? Like, I think like you're saying, like there can be times where those, those feelings can be strong and can drive us, but then there has to be other pieces in place. You know, there has to be those other, those, those other bits of work done and those other goals explored and those goals. Like what I liked about that list you just rattled off was that they're all really specific things. Like it's not just, you know, and my goal is to be better or my goal is to be, you know, or thinner or whatever, you know, the words that people use that are, are fantastic. And we all develop our own ideas of what they mean when they say them. But what does it actually mean to you? Like you saying, I want to be able to ride a roller coaster is a very specific thing. Like it's that, that specificity is the thing that I always love to hear from people. Like knowing that there's, there's some real direction in the action you're taking, even though, you know, you acknowledge, and I, I think we all need to acknowledge that, we're never we're we're not puzzles that we're, you finally popped the last piece in and we're solved. Like there's ups and downs and twists and turns on these journeys that are going to happen to all of us, and some of it's repeated and some of it's repeated, and we have to try to learn lessons, you know, in all of those different pieces. And I just love hearing, you know, you talk too about building those connections with other people because I think that was something, you know, that's always stood out to me in terms of you know since our connection is knowing that you have that that voraciousness to know people, you know, and to learn, get from their experience, you know, and kind of, like you said, connect to their experience and be inspired and, and, and pull from that in a way that I think is really healthy and, and, and is a great thing that I, you know, that I've seen 
for years. Um, and we might not have always talked all the time, but there were some times there, like, I remember hearing drive through stories and talking to you after things and, like, and going through all of that together. Like, there, there's just a lot of experience here that I appreciate you being able to bring forward. And looking to where it's brought you now, I just think is, is fantastic. And the fact that you can look at, look at, you know, like, because I think on paper, if someone were to see, okay, I put on 75 pounds during COVID and I took it off and now I'm here. And I think there's a lot of people that would, if they went through that experience themselves, they would get stuck in that place of, well, now I'm just back at the starting line again. Instead of like you're saying, being able to say, I've come through that and, and picked up different things and I'm in a different place and I'm in a different perspective now. Like I, I, to me, that's something that stands out in what you're saying, if that makes sense. It does, man. And, and I remember those phone calls and those messages i i you know i i really don't know if i've ever adequately shared how much you mean to me to you directly you're one of those people i talk about all the time to anybody uh i've my wife has heard your name a hundred mm. times you know what i mean <laughs> like you've really you have really personally you have made a huge impact on my life, you know? And, and yeah, we went a few years where we haven't necessarily, we're not, we don't communicate near as much as we used to, but it, it doesn't change the value that I have in knowing you and, 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 you know, I've watched you, man, you would tell me like, I'm not going to cheat tonight, but it is, it is a miserable experience, not cheating tonight. And I would get so mad, but I understand. I would get mad because I was like, be grateful. You're not cheating. I'm still cheating. Mm. You have it. Mm -hmm. And you're like, no, it's, this is a suffering that I, you know, we, I, I don't know how you relate or, you know, with some of those same emotions that you used to have in those scenarios or not. But I mean, we, we've had some really interesting conversations and your, your determination and, and your drive to, to achieve your goal. And I know you have lost the weight and a couple of times in your life and, you know, your determination to, to once you're on, you, you hold tight, man, you hold tight. And it's, it's, you, you've been exactly what I've said. You've, you've been an inspiration to me. So I want to really let you know, when I say it's an honor and a pleasure to be on your podcast, it, please do not think that's lip service. It is genuinely an honor and a pleasure to be on your podcast. Well, I, I appreciate that, man. And, and, you know, it, it, and it's never hard to, it's never hard it's never hard to hear compliments, man. Like, keep them coming. No, <laughs> it's, it's <laughs> right. never easy, you know, just to be like, okay, that's great. Um, but no, I, 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 I appreciate that. And I also like, it's one of the things like, and I think you can relate to this too, is like, there are a lot of people that we connected with, you know, seven years ago, eight years ago, six years ago, whatever timeline that was, you know, whatever, whatever multiversal timeline we were in at that point. Um, that aren't there anymore, you know, and there were several, you know, and obviously, sadly, there were probably some, you know, I, I know several people from that time that are no longer with us, yeah. but also that are no longer with us and in, in the place of that they're not still fighting for themselves, you know, where they've pulled themselves out of that arena. And so whenever I see anything, you know, from you, you know, it's, it's one of those things that perks me up and makes me say, there's someone out there that's still you know, going through it, even the hard times that I go through, you know, and I have gone through some hard times, like it's knowing, you know, cause our, our struggles are not the same. Our battles are not the, you know, every, the battles we fought are not the same. The tools we use aren't always the same, but it's knowing that there's, 
there's someone else out there in the in this overall fight. You know, knowing that you can see someone in that other fight and you know and nod your head at them and know, okay, they're going through it right now, or there's you know it's amazing to see their success, or I commiserate with with someone's challenges or you know things along those lines. Like, it's that sense of of connection you develop, and it's not just because. We, we did the exact same thing. You know, it's not like we were Weight Watchers buddies or anything along those lines. Yeah, and 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 that will always bring me to my North Star to, again, back to Rob G. He, mm-hmm. he, that guy was a pioneer in this movement, at least in my universe, yeah. in, in my multiverse. He was a pioneer, and and I know that he's, he's still fighting the fight as well. He's out there working on his fitness and his diet and everything like that. And, and like you said, there is some sense of kindred spirit there. We, we, we shared, you know, you're exactly, you're exactly who I needed to find. I needed to find other, you know, I, I, I had stumbled across some women here and there on social media that were dealing with similar circumstances and, and I still applaud them and gain a lot from their journeys. But you know, there, when we have, we're men, we have men energy. Mm -hmm. We have, we have, we have that common bond of, of, of the things that come with that mm-hmm. and and to, to know a few men in my life that have that were out there trying to get it done it so you know just trying to circle back to the whole you know knowing people that are in a similar situation i i found that was the starting point for me you know i i, I can't relate to i couldn't relate to some athlete that's or some hydroxychloric hydroxy cut supermodel that just needed to lose 15 pounds for their shoot or whatever you know i i was in it, i was in you a know really... your age you know you're aging both of us because we know what hydroxy cut is <laughs> yeah that's true right is that still a thing i'm old man uh you know i i i needed to feel some sense of community with this i needed to stop feeling so alone with this and and I know social media is not the ideal source of human contact, but it actually it provided me, you know, some some sense of of connection and 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 knowing people. And and again, I got fortunate. I found local people around me that would kind of stand with me through this journey because there's really no one in my world right now that I see on a daily basis that was ever as big as. I was. There was a. There's a couple guys that come to the gym that are really large men. Some are very athletic, and some are are you know different places in the spectrum. They're all stronger than me. They all are more athletic than I am, but and and that and that's a hundred percent accurate. But they but they have uh, you know they see me work. They've seen my journey for years now, and uh, I love that word by the way, journey. It's my journey, and uh, and I. Even though I don't necessarily have locally the community of big, 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 big guys, I, I get that a little bit online through some of the relationships I, I have online and now locally at my gym that I go to. I have I have people here too that that are part of my I'm in community with and, and it's really a wonderful thing. Well and and that's why I started I started the show. Because men's voices in the fitness space, especially men and you know, I'll, I'll 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 own it. Men that were five hundred pounds, men that were four hundred pounds, you know, working through these pieces on their journeys, you know, on your on that word for you, man. Um, they I didn't I didn't see it anywhere, and I would des I I remember loving when I would see like one random episode of a podcast would would feature a feature a dude 
and it would be someone who had dealt with, you know, similar size issues and things along those lines. And I would cling to them. So when I started this show, I was like, I want the average guy who isn't, you know, and again, I don't shame and, you know, I don't shame anyone. Like, you know, I've been on Mark's show. I've, I, I, you know, Mark's a great guy. When Mark talks about being fat, Mark's experience being fat is a little bit different than the experience of someone who's 500 pounds, like yeah, not Mark. in a bad way at all, but just yeah. in a different way. And so I look at like the guys or, you know, and we could also probably dive into like the trainers that purposely gain weight and then lose it to be empathetic with, with, with obese people, you know, and I, I could probably rant on that for two hours, my issues with that. But those were the people that I, I was seeing talk, you know, the guys that had a bad off season from their sport and had to drop bald 30. haired guy. I block every time he pops up on my account. I, I block that guy. That guy triggers me to no end. I don't even know his name, but I, yeah, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm particularly triggered by that phenomenon and it's probably not justified, but it, it oh, triggers yeah. me. It oh. really does, man. Yeah. It, don't, it doesn't have to be justified. It's a trigger. It's fine. <laughs> Keep blocking. But like you're saying that idea of finding community, like finding community where there's some some sense of commonality, you know, and the sheer number number of people that I've become really good friends with that used weight loss surgery or used a completely different dietary tool or can handle if it fits your macros and they make protein pop tarts every day, you know, and the, the recipes that you see from the IF, you know, the if it fits your macro chefs, like more power to everyone for the tools they're using, but it's that commonality of experience and struggle. It's like when you share things, when people share things on here and get feedback because they didn't realize that there were other people out there listening who went through something similar, you know, and want to connect with them and, and want to kind of grow that sense. And like, I think that that's the positive of social media. And, and again, we're, we're two old guys who were on social media long enough ago to remember when that was one of the, the most pure forms of it happening. You know, you could have, you could have Facebook groups that weren't just wars all day, you know, that weren't just people attacking each other for opinions and all of those things that they, you know, they've really downgraded into now mostly these days. Like being able to find that that sense of camaraderie because like you said, you know, and you went through that experience, you know, growing up being the only fat kid in your school. I think there are a lot of us that, you know, of the older generations, you know, or I don't, you know, Gen Xers and, and around those ages and older where it wasn't common to have fat friends growing up. And now you see people and they're like, well, yeah, there was me and this person and this person in my friend group. And this person was this much. And I was this much like, it's a different experience now. So being sadly, able to, sadly, yeah, sadly, way, sad, Oh yeah. Sadly. Like realizing like, I, like I literally at one point was the only kid in my school that was even 20 pounds overweight. Like, very vivid memories of that. Like, and now you look at it and it's majority, you know, and it's a whole different, a whole different cultural issue that they're dealing with. But, you know, that's still that sense of community, you know, comes through in terms of community built on struggle, I think can be really powerful sometimes. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's, it's been, it's been um, important. And I should say too, you, you mentioned how people had, had weight loss surgery. My, my own father, had successfully had weight loss surgery. It's and I like I love to tell the story, especially because she seems to be such a polarizing figure now. But once upon a time, Roseanne Barr for about three months had a talk show. And during her talk show, my dad wrote her and said, I I am really in trouble. He became highly gorephobic in his obesity, wouldn't leave his house, wouldn't take his trash out, stuff like that. And uh and he wrote her and 
she threw her show, you know, but she set him up with like weight loss surgery before it was so commonplace before you could get it pretty much at any hospital insurance plan it was still only private medicine that was doing it so my father had weight loss surgery and my own personal dysfunction with my relationship with my father made me not want to have weight loss surgery in part but also in another part my best understanding of the statistics are about a third of the people put on enough weight back from the weight loss post weight loss surgery eventually that it's kind of it was kind of considered not ineffective and I was pretty certain I would be one of those third people. I was pretty certain I would be one of those people that would put the weight back on. So I, I didn't want to go through that such a traumatic experience through my body with without having faith that I would be able to like deal with it appropriately for one thing but I have though I will say though I have taken to like medication and weight loss medication since then I I got uh set up with a clinic where they went and tested all my blood levels and they were like okay your thyroid's all messed up your testosterone have you been in car accidents or were you a you know were you a bodybuilder or did you play football did you get a lot of head trauma because your testosterone is in the gutter probably like an unhealthy lifestyle probably had a lot to do with that right i would imagine too but i have gotten like hormonal pa panels and i'm on testosterone now i've i'm taking a t3 t4 because i guess i have really low testosterone and thyroid and my naturally occurring in my body and i just started taking um this i guess i guess the root drug is called uh, semaglutide. I guess some companies call it Ozempic or maybe Wygova y or something like that. And I'm noticing that is also really helping. I, I get the bottomless pit in my stomach is not quite so bottomless. So that's helpful. I still have to be very intentional about planning healthy meals and and still that same thing where I told you I'm I have a very dysfunctional relationship with food if I don't have which I'm which I'm repairing by the way I'm not I'm not taking that as like a to my grave I'd like to one day say I'd like to one day say that I don't that won't be the case for me but if I I have to make sure I have plenty of meat cooked up at home you know and then I'll I'll, I'll figure out what the side is as I go and stuff like that so I just wanted to throw that out there you know, I, I thought it would just, I just want to be like upfront that I'm using some weight loss medication right now. It's supervised by a doctor um, and I, I've been doing everything I can to get my best understanding of the pitfalls of, of that drug. I, from what I've, my understanding is people that are using that drug, the, the pitfalls are if they're still eating a bad portion of food, it's just smaller. If you're still just eating nothing but, you know, bread and rice and 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 what and whatnot you're just not going to get your body sufficient amount of protein because your appetite gets shut down so so much faster and there's a lot of people losing lean body tissue on that a lot of people losing muscle on that uh medicine right now which in the long term may cause some other adverse health effects but i, I i'm training pretty regularly right now and i i i'm taking the advice that they gave me when i was in some of those uh some of those uh weight loss surgery you know what would you call them classroom settings when i was still considering going in, you know they would always say protein first protein first get your protein in so i'm i'm taking that with me to this i i i lead off 
with my protein. I might have one or two protein shakes a day because it's so compact and such an easy way to get it in. And then, you know, like today I had a, I had a little bit of steak and rice for lunch and I'm going to have, I'm going to have a chicken salad for dinner tonight. So, you know, and I got these great dried mangoes that I'm going to have for dessert. It doesn't take that many to fill me up. So that's nice. good. But well, uh, I think, I think what you're talking about too is proper usage of a tool. Yes. You know, because there is improper usage of tools. We know that, you know, and, it, and if you, you know, and I've, I've talked about this on the show before, like if you want to see about weight loss surgery, not working, like look up, like VSG pouch diet or VS, VSG reset hashtags. And you will see the experience of people that had weight loss surgery and didn't do the things that they needed to do. And in a lot of ways, you know, from their mouths, you know, I'm not putting these words into people's mouths, wasted the tool. You know, they had that opportunity and wasted that opportunity because they didn't do the other work that needed to be done. And I think it's the same thing with, with the medicines that are coming out now. You have to do the work with the medicine. You have to use the medicine to assist you as you're doing the work. Because if you're not, like you said, and, and that's the thing that gets me, you know, whether it comes to surgery or it comes to a, a drug that reduces appetite is protein. You know, people don't underestimate the importance of, you know, most people eating a standard American diet or even, you know, people that are significantly overweight are probably under eating protein at some point anyway. But when we, when we drop protein, things start to happen that you may not notice immediately, but do start to happen. And it's, so I, I just want to say, like, echo that I think your perspective is correct. Yeah. So that, that's just kind of any of your listeners that haven't yet kind of come to that realization that, you know, what was his name? Ted, Ted Nealman, I think. Ted Nealman. Yep. Ted, Ted Nealman. Yep. Go, go read his books. I obviously there's, I, I love the expression. There's more than one way to cook a turkey. I'm, I'm not saying he's the only source of, you know, correct knowledge as far as it's related to diet, but his writings, he was recommended to me by Mark and super, has been super helpful to sort of kind of, that's sort of the, the principles that Mark used too. Mm -hmm. So, oh, yeah. so it, it, it's really, it's really effective, really effective. And I, I could, I could tangent off too into uh, how much I've enjoyed Mark and Chris's dietary exploitation explorations over the years you know just the what i do love about them is that they're always willing to learn more and put it into action and say i did this before and this is what i'm doing now and this might help you but this is what i'm doing like you know just as a side note to all of this like i i i, I think anyone that lives that example of we can always learn is is someone that you know i appreciate hearing from I don't understand people that don't keep that mentality to have so much confidence mm -hmm. in your own being that you don't feel like you need to learn anymore. Oh yeah, <laughs> I need to learn. I, I st I'm still making up for lost time. Yeah, I I, well, st I I need to I need to be a lifelong learner. Well, this is when I get myself kicked out of some circles in the keto community, but there are are people that still espouse the theory that spiking your insulin at all is what drives is the only way that you get fat. So. If your insulin ever spikes, you're getting fat. So all you have to do is eat keto, and you're never, you'll never spike your insulin. Not paying attention to the fact that any of that is not necessarily a, in a, from a scientific basis, but taking bits and pieces of biological mechanisms and putting them together and turning it into a theory. But they'll still die on that hill, which is a hill that most people have stepped off of. You know, the past ten years. Like there's there are things that we learn. There are times that we we put things into practice that work. And at the end of the day, for me, it just comes down to like that being willing to learn and continue to grow, in, especially in your own personal experiment. Like, do
do what you want to as an as a, you know a quote unquote leading expert out there and putting out messages and selling books and all of those things. But when it comes to the individual, the individual who's listening to us talk today, who is struggling following one plan or another, realizing that the, the answer isn't that nothing is ever going to work for you. It's that you haven't found what's going to work for you yet. And maybe there's pieces that you've learned already along the way that you can continue to carry with you. But don't give up the fight, you know, to find the right information because there's so much knowledge out there and there's so much experiential knowledge out there. Yeah, and to, to that same person, if you're getting up and you're starting over every morning, you might not you might not realize it, but you're making progress. You know, it it the it's the starting over. It, every time you start over, you're you're running the drill, you're running the play again, and over time, you're going to get better at it. I I used to struggle just to only have protein shake and a coffee for breakfast, and I'm not saying that's the ideal dietary plan, but. It was a lot better than the it was a lot better than the giant bowl of cereal that I used to eat. And I don't have that giant bowl of cereal every morning anymore. It's just not because I'm this really tough, smart, or dedicated guy. I don't have I'm not super driven or I have this iron will. I've just it's just been almost it's it's just been I've been practicing. I'm practicing and I'm I'm getting better at this at these better behaviors. I'm just I'm trying to stack as many positive behaviors as I can. I, I've gotten better at not getting so mad at myself when I, if I fall short on something and, and I just know, okay, well, we get up, we go again, we try again, we try again tomorrow. And I, I want to let people know, don't, don't give up. Don't give up because then that's when it gets really bad, really fast. Keep, keep fighting, keep pushing for, for, you know, for your own health, for the sake of your own health. Well, I, I, I think you're, you're spot on. You know, when I look at my lived experience and the, the experiences of others that I've talked to on this show and like, for me, like one, one of the biggest things that is the, what's the best way for me to express this? Like for, for decades, I would do, I would do diets, lose a ton of weight and go off and go off plan for two years, you know, two to three years in between each attempt. And when I had this, the first time that I fell off keto was the, end of the summer 2017 I had just started keto in February and I fell off for a month and I got back on and to some people listening if I went into the statistics of like how much weight I put on in that month and what that was really like and what I went through and all of that they'd probably be horrified but for me as someone who had struggled for decades the fact that I came back to taking care of myself so quickly was when I acknowledged that I was learning and growing and that I was doing something right yeah, you know yeah, that absolutely. And so, if it goes from two years off to a month off to three days off to an afternoon off, if you beat yourself up every time and just give up, it's never going to change. But if you keep that idea of persevering and fighting for yourself there, and even you know, even on the days that we don't see our value, even on the days that we don't always think that it's you know we're the most important person in the world to fight for still doing it, still having that habit there and that commitment to have it, regardless of how we're feeling, there's, there's the possibility of change is really there. And I think sometimes we, we see people go on and off and on and off and just think, well, that's about failure. And it's really, it's at the end, it's for me, it really just is about learning and, but not just about learning. Cause like how many people have said that, you know, you learn, you're, you're, there's, I'm sure there's like presidential quotes about learning from mistakes. But it's that idea that you actually 
apply something from what you've got you've been through and acknowledge that's the point i was trying to get to the fact that you know like you said like that you can feel good about coming getting back up and starting over again you know if it's a if you went off on friday and you start again on monday like that's why i always hate the people that are like you know oh it's monday everyone's restarting and it's like let's cheer for the people that are restarting and haven't given up you know? absolutely a yes absolutely i agree with that i i you know, what has fat people done to you? You know what I mean? Like this, this ax to grind against fat America right now. I, I mean, I get it. I understand. And there's this really, there's this really, uh, complicated dynamic of this new wave of body positivity that's starting to get infused into this whole conversation and, and i've heard people argue that this is that's just a natural pushback and that that you know they 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 put you know the the fat shamers punched first the body positivity movement is just uh, an answer to the fat shaming that's starting to become prevalent i don't really care who didn't or start it or who did start it i want to say i think you guys are both wrong let's let's not be too consumed with being body positive let's love ourselves but then let's love our body enough to realize that hey you know as as i did i was uh here's just a, like here's like a really silly example but it it, it kind of gives clarity for me in probably 2002 as i was telling you i was about 315 pounds and I, I had a, a six month stint where I worked at a car dealership and I was out there on the lots. I was, I wanted to be a star and sell a car, Mike, you know what I mean? And, and there was this, uh, older thin, uh, still, you know, he's probably my age now, but when I was, you know, when I was 28, he, he was older, this, uh, this, uh, Egyptian dude. And, and he said he was faster than me. And I was like, you're 45. There's no way you're faster than me. He, was a, he wasn't as tall as I was. Anyways, we, he challenged me to a race. I took him up on that race and I beat that guy, Mike. I beat him. And I could move really well. I could still move really well going into my 30s. After 30s, I just started losing my ability to move. And, and all of a sudden, you get a moment of clarity of like, oh, this is this is really bad for me and i think a lot of these people that are in front of the body positivity movement either they don't struggle with obesity and this is just a a, a case study in misplaced empathy or they just haven't they just haven't felt the hardships yet and they don't realize that that a tsunami has struck and their their whole coastline is about to get hit and they don't realize that the pain is coming pain is on its way for you and and deal with your weight as soon as possible you know i i i know mike and i and i've really been trying to this is this has felt very this this phrase has felt very real real to me the last few days and it's been sad i i know i've taken years off my life i know i have i i'm trying to put as many back on as i can right now you know People need to realize when they don't, when they abuse their bodies with, with anything, but also, and food, you're taking years off your life. And not only are you taking years off your life, the quality of those years, in spite of how people may say mean things or not say mean things to you in your face or on the internet, the, even, if, even if that didn't exist, the quality of those years to get so winded anytime you have to uh, go up a flight of stairs to, you know, 
the the you know feeling like you know i i i love tom segura in your mom's house i actually got to meet tom segura once he was uh he did a uh show in town and mark and chris invited him to the gym the next day and he came through and caught a workout with mark and mark and chris and and you know he let me take a picture with him it was really cool i i a lot of like famous people come through here i i try not to get i don't know if a lot's the right word i i'm i'm not usually the guy that says can i have a picture but fortunately chris was nice enough to ask for me i got a picture with thompson Grow. it's really cool but anyways they're featuring that like that plus size travel model right now and, and she's advocating for amenities for for really 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 large people and 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 i and i i do i do get that man i do get that but i think she and and people in, in her situation have lost perspective on what the real issue at hand is and 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 this is one of those things where uh, you know, let let's fight the fight that really that really you'll get the most back. Like if she took some of that same energy, and 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 I'm and I don't know her story, and I I'm not I'm not I, I I'm already being too presumptuous, and, and and I'm wrong for it. But you know, instead of necessarily being so such an advocate for plus size accommodations, you know, put some advocacy towards let's get healthy. You know, chairs are still pretty big. You know, chairs are still pretty big. If if we're outgrowing our chairs, you know, maybe we need to be have some sort of recognition that we're kind of the problem, right? I mean, and I and I say that with love, and I I don't say that with condemnation. I'm saying that for your own sake, for your own for your own future, you know. And and again, maybe she's still young enough where those knees and those ankles can just handle it. My knees and ankles could handle it. I I. I kind of prided myself on it. I wasn't the toughest kid. I wasn't the fastest kid, but I felt like I could never get hurt. And I, and I, I had that sensation for, for years and years and years. And then all of a sudden, wow, my body can't keep up with this anymore. And it wasn't even that I was necessarily getting heavier and heavier and heavier, but of the weight that I was, which was in the light 300s, I, I, couldn't, I couldn't keep moving like I could when I was in my early 20s or mid 20s. And, and, and then my mobility started taking a hit and I still was a, a really big eater. And then I just started adding weight, just start stacking more and more weight on. So I just, I just want to, you know, if I have this opportunity to have the platform of being on your podcast and I don't know, probably most of your audience is, is dealing with weight to some degree and has a desire to deal with their weight and help reduce it to some degree. But I just want to be an encouragement, like for sure, love yourself for sure. For sure, people can be attractive in, in anybody, and 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 beauty is a spectrum, and 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 all those wonderful things. But and also, take care of your health. Being too heavy, it's not good for your body. It takes years off your life, and and I and I and I've known that, and maybe a lot of your listeners know that, and they just didn't quite have the pieces in place to quite do something about it. But I just say. Don't quit. Keep going. Keep trying to do something about it. Reach out for help to somebody. You know, find find the help that you're looking for. And and as I said before too, don't give up. If you have to start fresh every single day, start fresh every single day, and and say maybe today's the day I get it figured out. How far can I go today? You know, do 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 everything you can. Fight like your life depends on it because it really really does. Mm-hmm. I think that's a great way to put it, man. And there's a vast divide between hating fat people and wanting people to be healthy and wanting people to live and wanting people to be able to experience the world. Like there's a space there that's not all about fat phobia, quote unquote. 
it's it's it can be like you said it can be a it can be about loving and caring for people and seeing common seeing the pain on people's faces and it you know again i feel like we could tangent off now for another hour on this topic alone like when the person who's been through this experience you know and has lost the weight sees that person who's there who they were before and wants to immediately run up to that person and shake them and tell them and talk to them and all of those things and it's like well until that person's ready to do anything you can't do that but that that impulse still comes from a place of, of kindness and it comes from a place of care, not from a place of disdain or hate or disgust. Yes, at least it certainly can. And, oh, yeah. and, and, and I get it for some of these people's perspective. You know, my, my dad was a uh, raging alcoholic his entire, his entire life, and, and it, he couldn't have any alcohol in the house. Me personally, I had a bottle of whiskey above my, in my cabinet for so long that it went bad. You know, I, I, I wasn't drawn to that bottle of whiskey that was above, above my dryer. You know, that was there for a little Jack and Coke every now and then, which turned into never to the point where literally the bottle spoiled as far as I can tell. But if there would have been a sleeve of Oreos next to that bottle of whiskey, it would have been gone in about 16 minutes. So when I see people understand, when I see people unable to relate to some, to food addiction and, and people that don't know how to make better food choices and it seems foreign to them it it's that same feeling for me when it comes to alcohol i respect it maybe you know that there's a place for some people for most people there's a place for a little casual drinking here and there but as a whole it doesn't become an issue in your life but for other people they man just even knowing that it's in their presence just even knowing that it's in their vicinity and it talks to them and it says, come get me. And then you start a war in your mind that a lot of people end up losing. And that and that's where I've been with food for most of my life. So, you know, it people don't necessarily have the ability to relate to it. But I understand that it's a obesity usually comes from some form of food addiction is just if I had to put it at its most simplest term, right? And 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 if maybe if you don't get it, you don't get it. But that doesn't mean there's not room for some empathy and some compassion. It, it is easy. It is very easy. Eat less, move more. But it's not necessarily simple for everybody, you know? No, understood, I I man. Just, understood. I, I want that to be heard. No, and I think you stated it really well, man. So that's what that'll bring me to saying, Russell, is there anything that you were hoping we would talk about today that we haven't had a chance to dive into yet? <sighs> just about when is uh when is Gourmet having a, a meetup down there in the beautiful southern california i suppose uh um, I, I need a place to live before i can think about that <laughs> <laughs> okay fair enough we're we're about we're at the as, at the time of this recording we're about three weeks away from us having to step out the doors of this house and don't have another place to land yet so once oh I get that's that figured scary out, oh, oh my yeah. goodness oh yeah oh my goodness <laughs> i've i've been there before dude i i i wish you well through that transition well, but you never know. You never know what will happen eventually, man. But I appreciate that. So, Russell, I end every episode with five questions. I call the Fat Guy Five. Are you ready for your run through those questions? I'm excited. Hit me. Okay. So, question number one, man. Living or dead, who is your favorite fat guy? John Candy. I always know my old guys are going to come through for me with that one. There's, when a guest is like 35 and younger, they're going to go to Chris Farley 99% of the time. So... I, I appreciate a John Candy fan, so I'm, t I'm saying thank you to you for that. <laughs> You're I, welcome. I like when he gets a count. I like when he gets a count. 
Uh, Russell, question number two, what is something about yourself that you love? I'm a loyal friend. I like it. Russell, thinking about the past couple of years, what do you think has been the most important new habit that you've built? Meal prepping. And are you a, a meal prep for the whole week guy? Do you do a couple days at a time? I'm just always curious. I bulk cook my meat. Nice. Gets it ready, then you have it. Can't, yeah. can't beat that. Can't beat that, man. Question number four, Russell. What is one goal you have for the next year that is not health, fitness, or weight loss related? To stop being so inconsistent with podcasting. Mm. And don't worry. I, I realize we didn't really even we, – we talked for a long time and we didn't get into podcasting. So when we jump over to the Patreon after show, I have a couple questions for you about podcasting. So we're going to talk awesome. about that. We're going to talk Great. about that. Maybe you'll help me find some answers. <laughs> hey, you never know. You never know. Yeah, I hope so. Question number five, man. If you could go back in time and, and talk to yourself, you know, like think about that Russell that was backed into a corner – you know, you, you'd put on, put on the 75 pounds the first day, you know, like if you could go back and talk to him as he's starting to turn things around, what is a message you'd want to give him? It's worth it. I like it. Well, Russell, I have really, obviously, I think people are going to tell from listening to this, enjoyed our conversation. And I'm glad that you came on the show, man. If people listening do want to connect with you, where do they find you? Find me, I, I'm sort of a social media uh, ghost on most platforms, but I'm also basically like a 12-year-old child, and I'm, well, probably not 12, maybe 14, 15. I'm on Instagram all the time at Russell Buddy at Instagram. Uh, my YouTube channel is Russell Buddy. Uh, I just, I know we'll go on to the Patreon. I, I, am, I, am, I am the king at never giving up on podcasting, so I have uh, I just relaunched a podcast effort called uh heavy conversations uh conversations about obesity so uh I, it seems like we we might have some kindred spirits in our theme and, and maybe i can get some advice and help from you at some point down the road with that and i would love to have a conversation with you a little while down the road to uh to uh maybe hear and learn a little bit more about your story even Definitely. though I, I similarly i feel like i know it pretty well to begin with well, I'm I'm always up for that, man, and I'm excited to hear. I, you know, we we were we were we were joshing with each other on, on Instagram. You know, you said you needed to have something to talk about on the show, so I wanted to make sure on the main show you did get to plug. You know, the new oh, series. Hey, and thanks, man. When, I appreciate you. So let's put you on the spot. When when are episodes dropping for this one? I don't know. I I I get to I work at a gym, and I there's a two or three podcasts that are recorded out of this same facility with the Mark Bell Power Project mm -hmm. and, and the Chris Bell Show, which I help him produce. Um, and I've seen recently Mark bank a bunch of episodes before launch. Mm -hmm. So I will tell you, I did uh, a little inside baseball conversation. Uh -huh. I did cut an intro for my first podcast today. Uh, I Let me give you a teaser out there. I got to interview Matt Wenning. Oh, nice. And yeah, it was pretty cool. It was pretty cool. He, he 
we had met a few times as he has traveled in town and done Mark's and Chris's podcast, and he had given me some pointers and tips here. And we were out in the gym working out, and I did what I always do anytime I'm around a, a fit guy that doesn't intimidate me. I say, so, hey, what should I eat? Right. And, uh, and I've seen him, you know, if anyone follows Matt Wenning, he's, he runs a lot of like high performance athletes, sets them up with a, with a diet. It's very vertical diet inspired, uh, which I did meet Stan Efforting just like last week, which is really mm. cool. Like I'm really fortunate. Like awesome. I'm really, really fortunate to be where I'm at right now. I am, I am literally surrounded by the health experts of, of, of fitness and strength and, and, and weight management. So I got a chance to interview Matt Wenning. I, I cut an intro for it today. I, I don't know when it's coming out. Mm. <laughs> I don't know, man. I mean, I could probably put it out by Saturday, but then I don't know if it'll another one will come out. We'll we'll say soon. We'll say soon. We'll say soon. soon. And I'll tell everyone listening because you know, this. You know, who knows when they're going to hear this? If you haven't seen him dropping this episode by the time you're listening to this podcast, uh, go find him and drop him a DM. Harass him. Yes. Yes. You know, do do it's a little true. bit. Of, it it took harassment for me to get the first episode of this one out. I owned. I had the logo made. I had. I owned the domain. I had podcast recording. You know, I used Podbean for hosting. I had hosting paid for, and I paid for a whole year of all of that crap before I dropped an episode. Um, so I and, and I literally had some people prodding me for the entire year until finally someone yelled at me at an event and was like, "Will you, for the love of God, will you just drop the first episode?" So and they, and they were right. I have. Yeah, I have some history. It's like you know. And and what they said to me was they, they hit me where it hurt. They hit me with a quote from someone who was one of my kind of like people that I followed for motivation, but also like the work that he did on his podcast, Matt Vincent from hate brand now, not dead yet brand. And he said, you know, every, every time Matt talks to someone about podcasting, he says, you don't get to episode 100 without doing a hundred episodes. Yes. So get, drop those freaking episodes. Yes. So finally I did. So that's you great. will you will finally do it as well, I'm sure, my my friend. And I'm going to put links to everything in the show notes, and we'll make sure that people know about it all. Man, I, I appreciate your time today, and I'm excited. We're going to keep talking for a few minutes on the after show. But thank you so much, man, for coming on the show today. Thank you so much for having me. Definitely, definitely. And connect with Russell, everybody. And if you haven't already, connect with me on Instagram at Gourmet Goes Keto, on Twitter at Gourmet Goes Keto. I'm now on the hip new threads as Gourmet Goes Keto because uh, you're quite you know, a good follow. You're a good follow yeah, on threads, I mean, by the way. I'll, I and I'll add. be honest, you know, there's like a hundred million people on there, but I was like three million, so <laughs> I miss what it was like a couple days ago when there was just like three million of us. Yeah, but and don't they tell you your number? They, oh don't yeah, they even tell you your number. Oh yeah, I'm a I'm number. Uh, let's see. I'm number 28 million. Oh, not bad, man. <laughs> yeah, not bad, right? Not bad. You were there before the first 50, 50%. Early adopter. You know, early, early adopter. adopter. <laughs> Go early and often. So find me on threads at Gourmet Goes Keto, and I promise that I'm not just double posting. Because not, not, not for anything, there's a lot of people out there, big, big name people, who are posting something on Instagram and then reposting it on threads and vice versa. And y'all are lazy. Say it isn't true. Say so it isn't true. That's my, that's my, that's my PSA about threads right now, but connect with me, email the show at the fat guy at gmail.com. And remember my friends go out there to do something today to amaze yourselves. Cause you're the most amazing people I know. Then catch us here on the very next episode of the fat guy forum. Mm-hmm.